0: hello and welcome you're listening to twin you where twins educate you on the world's most pressing issues capybaras lizards cats that look like lizards the dybbuk (laughs) box. uh we started this podcast because covid19 has forced us apart for the very first time in our lives and uh, we we desperately needed it yep um this is my twin sister ashley and lacrosse season is in full swing sure is. she had a raffle for her team mm-hmm. in which i actually participated and ended up winning which i never win and unfortunately i won the only thing i did not want <laughs> yes this is my sister jackie and she won the toddler's box uh... <laughs> Yeah, she yeah. won the one with like the shimmer shine packets oh my God. and like the little owl notebook. So it's cute. It could be a Claire thing. We like to see that. But goddamn, or- did she win the only basket that she didn't want? But appreciate yeah. the donation. We appreciate you. Sure. And then we sent it to our cousin, Chloe. We will. Oh, we haven't yet? I haven't sent it. <laughs> it takes me forever to send anything in the mail. Could you please? Because at the very least, it'll make my my raffle tickets worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that basket, that basket um, cost you 10 bucks and it's going to cost me more to ship. <laughs> it cost me 15 bucks. You put 15 in? Yes, I put three tickets in. Did you did you only give me two raffle tickets? Yeah. And you somehow won a, b- a basket. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So should we start this? Yeah, I suppose so. I'm, um, I'm drinking seltzer, and I think now is it is officially time to begin the episode. Uh, this is Tay Poodle. We have a lot in common, um, including the desire to go to the beach, uh, drink drinks, and uh, not speak to each other, and just uh, look at, read books, or touch the sand, and, and just enjoy quiet. And that's really nice.
1: I just want to clarify. It's not that I don't want to talk to you. It's just that you can also appreciate quiet time. And that's what I love about you.
0: <laughs> oh, it's not yeah, that exactly. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to. We're not like uh, trying to avoid each other. It's just nice to be in the company of somebody else who, um, you know, doesn't need to, have to fill the silence. Um, okay, so here is the deal. First of all, I want everyone to know that I have my both of my wonderful angel puppies with me. So if you hear something that sounds like high pitched squeaking and um, like a kind of sounds like a dolphin, <laughs> that sounds that... just like her. I know that's my dog Kona. Um, she uh, she sings. Um, at least we say she sings because it was a lot less annoying to think of her as singing than crying. Sure. Um, and and the Carolina dog, Carolina's here. So I've got my Koner, Kona and my Carolina. So if you hear noises that are not normal noises, it came from the blonde dog. Sure. Um, are you having a good day with them? Like you guys been hanging out all day? <gasps> we forgot to ask. We forgot to. I've been asking every time. All right. All right. Ashley. Ashley. Yes. How kid. are you? How are you? <laughs> so you get to. Okay. How are you? Oh, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Like you said, seasons in full swing, man. So, full breakdowns. That we have our games. Our first game start next week. Oh, dip. Yeah. So we're trying to check off a lap, the last few boxes to make sure we're prepared to go into our game on Monday. Go Bengals! <laughs> Yay! Bengals! Go uh-huh. Bengals! Yeah, Bengals. The girls always say that. But I um, have a lot of film to cut. Yeah. I. Mm-hmm. Do you know the show? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yes, but I've never seen it. Maybe you know the meme. I know Taylor's going to know what I'm talking about. So when the assistant coaches left it, we had like a talk about practice today. We always do after practice. And I'm standing at the whiteboard just like writing so many things. I looked like the conspiracy theory Charlie. You know what I'm talking about? Where he's like, he's got like these like red lines. All yeah, around. there's like red string from everything. There's like one bare light bulb in the corner. Is he like trying to figure out where the mail comes from? Or something? Yeah, something like that. But I was just like going ham on that because I know we have three more practices before we play on Monday and there's a lot of things that need to be solidified in the next three practices. Mm. So I needed to create a timeline. I felt pretty good about the timeline we created. Oh, and we have another commit for 21. So, Oh, wow. We're at 11 now. Wait, is it 2020? Yeah, we're in 2020. Okay. Sorry. We're in 21. We're in 21. (laughs) Oh, right, right, right. (laughs) I do a lot of credit card processing for my job and we're almost in fiscal year 2022. So it's like so confusing. (laughs) No, I bet. So, what's up with you? How's your day going? Um. Well, I I worked from home today because it's Tuesday.
1: Tuesday. Um,
0: oh, hated that. Why? Uh, I don't know. It just sounded dumb. <laughs> uh, I I had my second boxing class today. Oh yeah, hey. how was that? Were, was it scary to be the only one there? I yeah, I was the only one there, and typically there's like a group of humans that go, um, s- safely. So, so you know covidly safe um but i normally go on thursday well i guess normally is nothing because this is my second time but my ideal time to go is thursdays and unfortunately and fortunately i am giving a artist talk um a virtual artist talk on thursday instead so yeah um bis and goose are coming over and we're gonna watch (gasps) really oh my god yeah so we're much, pumped so much pressure no 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 oh. we're just gonna sip cocktails and watch you be awesome
1: is it like last time when I took screenshots
0: of you well, no that was live that was if you to... that was live no this is like I mean it is technically live it's like a zoom it's like a zoom webinar essentially oh and there are like two artists that have like like a three minutes each or something and then I am the like headliner the headliner <laughs>
1: Ooh, headliner total. So
0: my presentation yeah. will be about fifteen minutes. Um, the 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 whole thing is like from six thirty to eight. I think I would imagine it's like it gets started and all that and then after um um then She's uh, too high up to know what happens with yeah. the cousins. Jackie's just going to... No, 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 no. I always... Tell about...
1: her where she needs to be at what time. That's she right. She just does her thing.
0: That's right. She just makes us all sit there in awe of her amazing talent mm-hmm. and ability to be articulate. Yeah. No. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. No, we're, we're just joking. <laughs> you know, do you remember... Um, This is for the Yards. Um, The Arc, the Yards Art Collective, which is a Rochester establishment. Love the Yards. Um, yeah, it's a wonderful place. You should go to their Patreon and donate to them because it's a wonderful arts organization um they i'll link them in the bio okay uh they have studios and artist talks and shows and performances and all that and it's like all very community grassroots one of my very closest friends uh christina kaiser is the director and she's pretty much turned it into like a profitable like a like a business that's actually like Keeping afloat and it's not like scary like it used to be. That's um, amazing. Yeah, she's incredible. All hail Christina Kaiser. Yeah. And if we don't now, we will be later when she's queen. (laughs) Anyways, I'm doing that presentation and I can't do boxing on Thursday. That was like the long version of that. So um, I had to do it today. And then I was the only one. So I was like spotlighted in my failures. (laughs) Bad. I am bad at jump rope like so bad and I had to do it for three minutes three times and one that's really hard that's a long time to jump rope yeah I know it's um that's a super long time to jump rope wait yeah it's really hard
1: I always <laughs> triple for my feet when I jump rope I cannot do it uh, me either do you remember I, in like fourth grade you had those jumpathons and like you would fundraise money, and it was like a big jump roping thing, and you just do it for like as long as you
0: can. <laughs> Is that a Syracuse thing? <laughs> no, we had that. We did. Yeah, you just weren't interested.
1: <laughs> oh, that would
0: make sense. Cool. Did you raise a lot of money? How far? did you, How long did you jump? Oh, I never raised money. So oh, oh, I saw other kids do it. Taylor's <laughs> yeah, like inside the window, putting your hand on the window, screen, <laughs> looking outside. She goes, Wow, they're so good at jump rope. <laughs> Wow, they're incredible. <laughs> uh anyway, yeah. So I did my second boxing class. It was hard. I'm I'm sore girl, but it, he was really nice and like soft spoken. I really appreciated how soft spoken he was. And he's like a like a champion boxer. I was like, you wouldn't believe it, but my sister's a professional athlete and we're twins. I'm not a professional athlete. <laughs> Yes, you are. You're you are as far as professional as you can be in women's lacrosse. No, no. <laughs> there, I don't, maybe you don't know about like the professional women's lacrosse. I lacrosse. don't care. For all, As far as I'm concerned, you are. I mean, I am, I am professionally coaching at the college level for anyone. <laughs> no, no, Ashley, Ashley, <laughs> shut up. You're a professional. I, I mean, I am a professional, but I am not no, a professional. No, no, shut up. You're a professional athlete. Okay.
1: You almost won all America.
0: Yeah. Uh, that was, <laughs> that's a very painful part of my past. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I'm, I'm mostly joking with that, but. Um, oh, I just skip it and say that you went, you were all American. No, I wasn't all American. I was all conference. Okay. Well, um, for every other like idiot out there, such as like myself, you base like that's the same thing. So <laughs> for anyone else listening, it is not the same thing. It is the same <laughs> thing. I am right. It's not even like, okay, we're not going to get into it. Uh, calm, but- up, calm down. Okay, I'm not a professional athlete and I also was not all American, but I was all conference and I do coach at the college level. Um, also a professional athlete. <laughs> all is right. she singing? Is that Kona singing? That's Kona singing. She's singing us a beautiful song. Aw, turn up, Kona. She's like, okay, I will with <laughs> my lumps real. and all. <laughs> She's a very lumpy dog. She is a lumpy, cute, vintage pup. <laughs> yeah, baby. Both of my dogs are elderly. <laughs> Okay. 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 Tell okay. Okay. Know. So, okay, you're gonna scare Do us you, tonight, right? I'm all scarier. I'm gonna make me real creepy. Good luck. So here, here's you know, I love a good creepy story. Um, <laughs> Kona, please, please stop, Kona. Um, what so does she need? She doesn't need anything. sometimes she just sits there and looks at me and makes that noise. Why? It
1: sounds like a squeaky door.
0: It does. <laughs> she uh, she just. She needs. <laughs> That's co- she just needs it all, everything, all the time. I'm gonna tell you today about the Waverly Hills Sanatorium.
1: Ooh. Have you ever heard of that?
0: Ooh. No, but it sounds scary. Why? Because sanatorium. Yeah. I don't know about you, Taylor, but I have not heard of it, but Waverly Place sounds already scary. Oh, I was thinking of No, Waverly that. Hills. I was thinking of the Waverly Place. Oh, I was thinking of the, the Wizards of Waverly, yeah. of Waverly Place. Yeah, the one. Oh, my God. God. No, no, this is way less, like, um, friendly. <laughs> Waverly um, Hills? Yes. So, the Waverly Hills Sanitarium Ooh. or Sanatorium, depending on your preference <laughs> and something. Um. So, I'm going to tell you some history, because that's how I like to start things off. That's how we like to do it here. We like history. We like context. We do. We like all of that. Um, You got context for me today, poodle? Oh, I got a little bit, girl. Oh, girl. Okay. So, the year is 1883. Oh. For context, 1883 is very close to the turn of the century. We are just coming into the age of photography. Love it. Um, uh, we're learning a lot about modern medicine. Antiseptics are new on the f- market. We don't really have much in terms of um, like cleanly surgery practices. And this is the time in which um, the U.S. is very young. So it's 100 years old. Um, and we are experiencing an ex- entirely debilitating scourge of tuberculosis wow that's (laughs) all of those things feel to me like they're going to add directly to this sanitarium (laughs) oh they do it adds to the creepiness you were like no antiseptics (laughs) no anesthetics a terrible scourge of tuberculosis really terrible Mm -hmm. surgery practices (laughs) Mm -hmm. i feel like photography feels like it'll creep its way in Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, yes. And also, it's important to mention that this is a very important time in terms of industrialization and um, how people are being treated. So this is like a renaissance of time in which humanity is starting to see those who are ill or um like disabled or you know going through mental anguish as humans that actually um deserve rehabilitation or a comfortable life opposed to you know a a hundred years before that and up until the point pretty much of just being like oh you crazy i'm putting you in a hole right right or like living in a basket for your whole life oh no no that's 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 like uh still ahead of us that goes all the way till the 1960s are you serious that woman grew okay I pictured can we like briefly touch on the basket lady okay um so she um I don't recall her name um uh unfortunately she was put into an asylum which came after sanatoriums so asylums many sanatoriums were transitions to asylums um After they lost... So, like, a lot of sanitariums were used to rehabilitate people with tuberculosis or other crippling diseases. Um, And the reason for that was because the idea is that fresh air cures all. Right. So, these big complexes and buildings were frequently reused as insane asylums. And this is when we're differentiating between illness and mental illness. Mm -hmm. Um, And mental illness is starting to be studied. We've got Freud and, like, all those humans, like, figuring things out or at least throwing shooting their shot and um this is when different methods of treating mental illness is really coming into fruition so many times these places became extremely overcrowded because with the surge of understanding with mental illness um there was a lot of people like either dumping family members who were just disabled and and just needed different treatment Mm -hmm. or um, they didn't want to deal with or people who legitimately had mental illness and needed treatment. And you're you're talking about the asylum era, correct? Yes. This is the asylum era. This is like, this is like right about now, like late 1800s, early 1900s through the sixties and seventies. Are you all familiar with sanitariums? Um, I know a little bit but only what I've seen on Ghost Hunters. I've heard mm-hmm. from you. Zach Bagel mm-hmm. Bites has yeah. taught us a oh, few things. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Good old Zach Bagel Bites. We love him. We love him and his giant We love his good Oh, my God. They're so impossibly thick. <laughs> yes. Also, he has such big pants. <laughs> he has enough pants for two people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, shout out to, and this is why we drink, um, because they started it and I'm going to finish it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. So a sanitarium is a place where people are sent to have, um, treatment for a specific illness or, um, disease. So the Waverly Hills sanitarium, um, I'm going to tell you the history of the the land, and then I'm going to go into, a little bit about the the institution itself. Okay, I was gonna make a call right now. I feel like maybe they were doing some of that awful stuff in that sanitarium. <laughs> uh, yes, they <laughs> were because this was um this sanitarium was the peak of medical like medical advancements. Okay, does that just mean so, experimentation on its population? Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know what's the 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 unfortunate. Addendum to that is that you would think that that ended <laughs> in like once the 1900s started, but it changed and then also got worse. Oh. So here we are. So Waverly Hill Sanitarium. It's located in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, so the land was first purchased and utilized by the Hayes family. Um, Thomas Hayes had a bunch of kids okay. and a family and he bought the the area. Um, and because he had a bunch of children and mostly daughters, it, it, he needed to educate them. But he was like the the area was so far removed from any civilization that they needed to erect a schoolhouse. Oh, wow. So the first. How many children did have? I think he only had like three daughters. That seems like maybe you could teach him in a room in the house. <gasps> uh, I think what happened was he was like a relatively charitable man and the other nearby kids went to the same school. Oh, I see. Um, So this schoolhouse was erected and this was the first construction done on the property. And it wasn't yet called Waverly Hills. So there was a teacher that he hired and her name was Lizzie Lee Harris. And she was absolutely smitten with novels who were written by Walter Scott Waverly. And because of that, she named the school the Waverly School. Okay. Uh, Thomas Hayes himself thought Waverly sounded like a very peaceful, quiet name. So he named his home and the schoolhouse and the hills Waverly Hills. Okay. So this is in 1883. Um, 17 years later. Wow. Big jump. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, his kids grew up. They had the home. And then in the 1900s, the scourge of tuberculosis really overtook the area. And it was like so incredibly proficient at killing people and infecting people especially with the limited types of sanitation mm-hmm. that like hundreds and hundreds of people were getting sick every day god that's so scary so, like- it was known as tb tuberculosis and the white death well, um, was, what'd you say
1: i was just gonna say for a name like sanitarium you think it'd be sanitized <laughs> good one text. thanks we appreciate <laughs> <resume. laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. But (laughs) um
0: Okay. Remember when Jackie was like, Huh? (laughs) She goes, Huh? (laughs) What? Taylor said something that we didn't understand and you were just like, Yeah, yeah, wait, huh? (laughs) 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 We talk about it all the time. Oh, I don't even remember that. It was so funny. Um so anyway, these spooky bitches. What's that? The warm climate in Kentucky no, was, like, an excellent breeding ground for tuber- tuberculosis. That's so disgusting. Like, tuberculosis was, like, so excited about Kentucky. They were like, tuberculosis, I, I just picture them getting off the plane, they have little sunglasses on, they have their suitcases in hand, they're <laughs> like... Take a big, deep breath and be like, oh, God, it feels so good to be in the sun. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh, it's nice and humid. I'm going to fall on the air. (laughs) And then they, like, kind of just jump up and the wind takes them away and they get breathed in. (laughs) (laughs) Whoosh! (laughs) Um, So, being that there was a great breeding ground in Kentucky, there was a huge explosion of cases. So sad. And so, from 1900 to 1910, there was hundreds of thousands of cases um in the area so in 1910 uh, louisville created a board called the tuberculosis board (laughs) not very inventive but they needed a way um to house the ill so that they could keep them away from the general public because again they didn't really know much about sanitation sure but did you say it started around 1900? Yes. So it took them 10 years to be like, hey, this is a huge problem. (laughs) Let's make a board to deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. 10 years. I mean, I know that mail went slow around those parts at that time, but (laughs) everybody was dying. They wouldn't be like, hey, we need a task force like yesterday. (laughs) I know. Like there's like, you know, what happened was like the mayor coughed in a hanky and it had blood and they were like, oh, my God. We've got to
1: deal with it. We this. have to deal with it.
0: It's like Trump's presidency with the coronavirus. They're like, no, trust me, we're dealing with it. You'll be fine. Herd immunity. <laughs> and then four years goes by and 500,000 people are dead. Yes. <laughs> so in 1910, they finally got their shit together and made a board. And they were like, okay, so now we know that this disease spreads. <laughs> <laughs> All that hard work we just did in the last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> sorry it's like And we need. Amusing after going through the pandemic, yeah, I know they were not back like, then, They did in the 1918 uh, no, flu. No, they did in the in the um the Spanish flu. Right, but again, they didn't really understand about transmission uh, and how it can be transmitted in through people, but also like wastewater, right, <laughs> right. poo, and this yeah, and there was no plumbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry, sorry about these poor under sanitized people. Yes. It was rough. Many people died. Um, so, so they decided they needed an area to put people who were sick because they were like, this is not working to have them in with the public. <laughs> Things are getting worse. Sure. So they made a deal with um, Thomas Hayes, who was like, either old or dead, (laughs) like old or about to die. And they were like, can we buy your land? And basically they were like, we're going to buy your land. So they did. And um, they added to the current structures that were there, building up a second story and then also some two open air facilities. Because again, at the time, the thought for curing disease, especially tuberculosis, was fresh air. Um, So they built these two open air areas and they extended the current property Pardon me. Um, And they went so, like, this is the extent of the open-air practice. They went so far as to, like, leave people under sandbags, weighted in chairs while the snow was falling, and there'd be, like, a foot of snow on someone because they are supposed to be breathing the fresh air. Okay. So, um, anyways, they created these structures, and at the time... It just kind of feels like, how could you not, like, know that was wrong? I agree, but also it's like a like hindsight is really 2020. They were like, "Wow, the cold really seems to stop transmission." Right, right. But they didn't understand that it was because people had scarves on and weren't as close. Right, 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 right. And people couldn't mix, like people were naturally quarantined due to weather. Yeah, I, I guess like Yeah, exactly. But I just so feel like, it was like like attaching someone to a chair in the cold while they're getting snow down, like a foot of snow. That's a long time to accumulate snow right yeah people would like lose feeling in their hands and arms and fingers and they would have to like basically you know almost hypothermic okay sorry just that and that's actually not gonna apologize i just find that that it's like a wild thing to like they must have really been desperate for solutions at that point yeah well the crazy well not crazy the interesting thing about the open air treatment was that it was like established in like the 1880s and 70s and like went all the way through the early 1900s that's i wonder what things we're doing now where people 100 years from now should the planet survive that long (laughs) oh god if they're like gonna be like i cannot believe that they did that what is it gonna be um probably what we've done to the environment oh for sure i mean that's that's definitely gonna happen going down carolina Uh, so this two-story complex could hold 20 patients, which seems really low to me. Um, but whatever. So I'm going to tell you about some practices at the time. Okay. Um, so again, uh, people were put out in the open air because the fresh air, the freshest air you could get was in the cold apparently. And, um, they would be so cold that they would be stiff to the touch, like almost like frozen. Jesus. And covered in snow and ice. Um, other treatments of the day was to uh, make it so they couldn't move. So, like, either tying them down or covering them in sandbags Ugh. because it would keep them still to rest. But also, it's, like, a lot of pressure on someone who has a respiratory disease. Yeah,
1: seriously, what the hell?
0: Um. So, uh, this need for fresh air was, like, really taken too far, in my opinion, because they would surgically insert balloons into the lungs and inflate them as far as they could go, oh my god. which would frequently rupture the lungs oh. and the organs nearby <laughs> and break ribs from the inside. Oh my God. You have like, how much are you overfilling that balloon? You see the person's chest. You're like, well, how But if you have a balloon on the outside and you see someone's chest, you can inflate it to a point where like, yeah, too much. You know what I mean? That's like a visual yeah. thing. How could like, you know, You know, a doctor heard a crack and they're like, oops. They're like, oh, shit. I just picture like, so, you know, like the balloon animal clowns, how they had that thing. It's like, and it pumps it up. Yes, yes, yes. It was a lot like that. It was hand pumped. Oh, my God. You hand pumped. You must have felt the fucking pressure. Well, it would, it would cause a lot of, I mean, many people died during this practice, including um, one of the doctors a young doctor fell ill to tuberculosis because of his contact with patients and he is considered to be um if you believe in such things one of the ghosts that haunts the hospital sure wow that's um, so. Eric. that sounds like an awful way to die yeah i mean what happened to him was that he was in surgery in the early 1900s um and they inflated too much and they couldn't get it out. And he, you know, they burst his lungs and uh, broke some ribs and he died. Jesus. On the table. Jesus. Wow, 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 wow. Um, so this two-story complex is what held the patients. And then in 1911, one year after it opened, um, they had the tuberculosis board, in their infinite wisdom, <laughs> were like, wow, this seems small. Twenty patients. That seems like not enough. Yeah. <laughs> so they um they doubled the size. So up to forty. Okay, it's a good start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um. So um. This is what started the Waverly Hills Sanitarium to be its own place. So everyone who went there was basically quarantined. You go to the Waverly Hills Sanitarium, and you have to stay there because one, you're exposed. And two, you can't expose other humans. Right. So basically, they grew their own food, they made their own bread, ooh. they had supplies shipped a in. Um, <laughs> what? Goes- you want to say it again? I was like, ooh, a little cottage core. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It was like the cottage core with the death shoot. Oh, I love <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Wait, did they have their own postcode? Because I know that a lot of sanitariums at the time did. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did. They had their own zip code. They had their own post office. Um, They had like pretty much everything that they needed to sustain Mm -hmm. was on the grounds. And it was a huge expanse of space. So, um, so, um, they kept expanding and, um, eventually would able to hold, you know, many more people. And as they were expanding, they found a need to house children. Um, So there was a children's pavilion erected, which was built to accommodate up to 50 children at a time. And it was designated to treat sick children as well as accommodate children whose parents were very ill. And this happened in, the, in 1912. Did the, did the children of um, parents who were not, like the parents were ill, but the children were not, did they catch tuberculosis from living in the pavilion with the TB kids? Uh, many, they were separated. Um, there was a TB wing and then a, a wing of healthy children. Many of them did die. Um, tuberculosis, most people don't get better. That's sad. Uh, especially during that time. Uh, so they kept adding new buildings and like, this is at 1914 and, um, they ended up being able to accommodate 400 patients. Wow. That's and a this, huge jump. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're building, right? So they're building from 1911, adding more space all the way through 1924. And throughout this time, um, they were able to accommodate about 400 patients at a time. Uh, we'll later learn that that number, um, to be sustained, you have to have a constant influx of new people because- Again, so many people did die. Right. Um, So it ended up, the original building ended up being completely built out and five stories high and then also really, really wide. Um, So again, there are a lot of people dying. So there was a need to get rid of the bodies. But because it was a sanatorium, and one of the goals was to sort of make people comfortable. They needed a way to get the bodies out without like parading an endless stream of dead bodies and corpses out of the sanitarium. Right. So and also in terms of like supporting the institution, they needed a way to get supplies in. Um, and it was on a hill. So there was a bottom and a top and, you know. They needed basically a tunnel. So they created something that was later referred to as the death chute. Wait, never, um, it brought supplies in and dead people out? Yes. So also, it's a life chute. <laughs> Other side of the coin. It's also a life chute. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a positive outlook. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was a death and life chute, but mostly death. <laughs> Uh, so what would happen was the um, trucks, I guess, would drop off a bunch of caskets at the bottom. Oh, God. And the staff would. Uh, so this is really scary to me. Um, there was a pulley system and hooks and like rolly tables. And so a dead a person would die um, and then the corpse would be rolled down this 500 foot corridor under the hill um and essentially the hook would be placed onto the cart and they would be like pullied with someone escorting the dead body um to the end popped in a casket there would be a pile of full caskets and empty ones and then this process would repeat um and this was you know largely done to protect the uh feelings i guess of people who were like on their way to the shoot.
1: Oh, um so fucking
0: sad so the pulley would pull down the, the uh, corpses and up um heavy materials and packages <sighs> so oh. it's referred to as either the death chute or the death tunnel right right or the life chute or the life chute but what i'd like you to do now is i would like you both to look it up look it up the death chute yeah Yeah, I would like you both to look up the death shoot of Waverly Hill Sanitarium. Okay. Um, um, Oh, I wanted to bring up that when you said they just, like, kept blowing up all these caskets, I'm Mm -hmm. like, you never really get a chance to see how many caskets are produced until you're in a situation like that. Like, remember the refrigerator trucks when people were dying of COVID in New York City? Yes. Okay, so I think about that, and I'm like, what an enormous amount of resources Mm -hmm. it has been to... I don't know, allocated specifically to caskets. But to see them Mm -hmm. all stacked up is such a reminder that they're just still there. They're still in the earth. They're just buried Mm -hmm. and you can't see them.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, (gasps) scary. And you can
0: actually go there for Halloween. Oh, wow. wow. I think we should go. That's fucking scary. Oh, my God, for sure. But wow, is that scary? Yeah. And you think about looking down that dark hole. And again, we're at the point where we're using gas lighting. Or candle or there's like lanterns of course but yeah yeah i just want everyone listening to kind of picture it like you know those like when you're in the park and there's that like excuse me there's like a carriage bridge or something over like a small tunnel
1: it's like in that hey arnold episode (laughs) you know when like that person with the hook comes out from underneath the bridge
0: yeah yeah i'm thinking of like a bridge (laughs) like that but if you imagine that bridge lasted a football field so you definitely couldn't see out the other side it is so dark mm-hmm. in there. It's crazy how dark it is. It almost looks like it's getting smaller as it goes on because of how dark it is. Right. Well, I, I, you know, in honest, it like in earnest, it it does taper a bit because the need for space was only needing to be as wide as one person walking and a body in a cart. God, imagine being the person walking. I know. It Can probably seems so like ritualistic at that point. You're just kind of like, okay, this is my job. I'm accompanying this stack of dead bodies. Mm-hmm. And I get to bring food back up, you know, (laughs) and you know what, you know, the people who did this job were pretty much given a death sentence because they were moving infected bodies. And here's something really that I found fascinating at the time, the thinking was by doctors that you had to drain all of the fluids out of the body because the fluids are what held the disease. So, okay. They're like, we're going to try to take all the fluids out of the body and balm them. Sure. And then make it so we can bury them. And then that will make it so the disease doesn't spread. Okay. Guess where they dumped all of the fluids? I'm guessing in some kind of water that everybody drank from. <laughs> yeah. Wow. They, they, they dumped all of the bile, like the matter, the fluids from the human bodies that were infected with tuberculosis into the wastewater and to like fresh water. That's so stupid. First of all, imagine all the fish with tuberculosis.
1: Can fish have tuberculosis? I'm just joking. Oh, say, isn't it a
0: respiratory? Fish have, well, they have gills. I mean, maybe they can. Is it uh, the same? Well, it's a, it's just like a respiratory organ, but I All don't right. really know. I'm looking it up. Okay. I feel like they can't. I'm going to go ahead and hope they can't. No, because I, they've I, already I, had enough from us. I was trying to be silly, but it was so dark I couldn't do it.
1: <laughs> well someone else has
0: searched it before
1: search what and but they do not get
0: it oh, how is it like a common search on google can fish get tuberculosis <laughs> they cannot to everyone listening they can't so if you have tuberculosis it's cool if you cough in your fish tank <laughs> you could cough right in your fish's face you could you could pick that fish out of the water and cough <laughs> on them and put them back <laughs> <laughs> if you wanted you don't have to you yeah, shouldn't. you don't have to. You don't have to have tuberculosis either. Yeah, you just you just because you could doesn't mean you should. <laughs> um, so that was the, the the that's the body shoot. And in terms of like um, haunted areas, and so I'm gonna clear clear up something up. I don't believe in ghosts. Yes, you um,
1: do.
0: You're lying. No, I want. I desperately want to believe in ghosts you kind of do i feel like you kind of do i kind of do i mean how about this i'm not closed off to the idea i'm not like oh my god there's so many ghosts around me i'm just kind of thinking like eh. i wouldn't be shocked if there were ghosts i feel like you're in the same boat maybe yeah i guess i just like i want like a ghost to like pick me up and throw me against the wall like i want to know you know like like i something happened punch me push me throw something make a ball move I haven't seen anything right right do anything prove it prove (laughs) it as I say in my 1850s apartment yeah I honestly like (laughs) I'm cool with them not proving it I'm fine being at this level of like knowing not knowing I would rather not see a chair pick up and fly against the wall (laughs) (laughs) at the very least it's compelling and interesting to think about because like what happens we don't know what happens to to matter or whatever the soul is or whatever the body like whatever makes humans humans in specific like we've talked about quantum entanglement we've talked about reincarnation reincarnation and like whether or not those things are true they're definitely interesting to posit and think about oh my gosh they're so cool we've talked about this a million times but I don't want to get too off track but I totally you know that I agree with you yeah I mean I just I would love to be proven yeah. I would love I would love to have some kind of experience but I'm both sh- so shut off and so open to it that I feel like if something did exist it would be like really difficult for me to accept it as a ghost. It would have to like sign an affidavit. I be, know like I you have to prove you were here. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know, like let's see some footprints. <laughs> let's see if so you have to like sign something, put your thumbprint down, whatever your spectral print would be. Like we have to put this all in writing or else I don't believe you yeah exactly (laughs) and we can say I know like without even asking Taylor that she just thinks it's garbage (laughs) (laughs) but I don't think so I don't know man I don't think it's it's not a closed door for me that's for sure Taylor I have a question for you yes okay so we both know like all three of us know that out of all three of us you are the most skeptical if not completely like this is horseshit right so tell me what would happen if you walked down the death chute
1: um you know I would definitely be like creeped out but if someone was like well I would definitely be scared just because it's dark and I'd be a little claustrophobic but I wouldn't mm-hmm. be afraid of something like snatching me or anything I would just be like naturally afraid.
0: Do you think- Do you think that's the darkness?
1: And the fact that it's so small yeah.
0: Do you think that it would have like would you feel any sense of like heaviness because of the uh, the amount of death that was in there would that be on your mind i don't know probably but i wouldn't be afraid of like a, a ghost i would just be like oh
1: shit a lot of people died here yeah
0: yeah i, I wonder that. about that yeah i don't know i think i would have a feeling like of overwhelming like empathetic sadness maybe but like for example i went to the holocaust museum at the smithsonian right been there i think it was i with you no i was with chris for some reason you weren't there Oh, I was with, I I went, oh, I went with my team. That's right. Right, right. For some reason, you weren't on that trip. It was absolutely miserable. I was on the, no, so I got there way later when you guys got to Virginia Beach. That's why. Oh, Ugh, right. And I was kind of mad because you left early, too. I had The to. only, not the only reason. I love family vacation, but also a huge part of the reason I go is because you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we, we're, we're twins. Package deal. Like, when you and Taylor say you're going, I'm like, okay, cool. How long? What days? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question, though. So, um... so I went there and like, it's like I can appreciate and respect the reverence of having all of these objects. But I I have a really hard time. I think most people do us as- like truly like if they're being honest, like associating objects to the type of horrific experience that are attached to them. Yeah, I think the sheer quantity, like, you know, the classic example of that Holocaust Museum is the pile of shoes. Yeah. And like, what I'm thinking of is the, like, if you equate that to the amount of caskets that maybe went Mm -hmm. in and out of there, it's like, in that way, it is a reminder of the physical mass that was taken away.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like
0: When you see a bunch of shoes, you can, you commonly associate that with other people. Each pair of shoes is a person, like, that's a wild thing to see. And so in that way, I think objects can help. But I think also like the story attached to it, like this death shoot, I would feel a sense of heaviness because, you know, being in there, even though this is going to sound, even though I know there's a level of skepticism with what I'm about to say, I'm going to say it anyway, I feel like that much death leaves some kind of like emotional underpitting in that area. Like, I feel like that's Mm -hmm. just something that's going to be there forever. Yeah, you would think, I mean, just the exchange of energy. Yeah. And not energy in like, like a crystal way, but like energy in like just human beings that were once had a sentient sense of energy of self awareness. And just it's not, it's like that's where it was snuffed out. Right. And that's the whole thing with like the afterlife and death. One of the things I think that makes me most sad and I think like pollutes my ability to think past this is that I feel when you, if, you don't you never know what's going to happen, but when you pass away, there's probably such a sense of confusion, mm. and you know what I mean. And like, if you're sentient, like that's the thing. Like, what happened? Like, we don't know, right? We don't know. But like, I feel like you might lose. Like, you you don't have contacts. You don't have understanding. You're just like confused and sad, and you know something is different.
1: Yeah, but also about the spot. They didn't die there. They're already dead.
0: That's true. So maybe so like, maybe. Well, yes, yes, that's that's very true. Although I will say the morgue, um. Was right at the base of the shoot, mm. so it's pretty proximally close. Could uh, yeah, go- and it's going too. It's tomato, tomato. I don't know. Like we don't know anything. Um. So, it- <laughs> anyways, we've got this <laughs> death shoot, and um, more buildings are being opened and built. Nineteen twenty six rolls by. We've got another new building, and then, like, we're still completely like burdened by tuberculosis. And then in nineteen forty three streptomycin is created which is a um like a antibiotic like an antibiotic yeah an antibiotic for tuberculosis or other things but the hospital wasn't really needed for tuberculosis as much because patients and cases of tuberculosis started to really taper back which was Yay. great yeah so as I said before um maybe um that <laughs> Did I say it? I don't know. (laughs) Sanatoriums frequently got reused because they were huge buildings that were meant to house people. Right. Um, They were frequently used as like asylums or honestly, it really seems like a total punch in the gut that they were frequently used for like um, elderly homes. Mm. It's like (laughs) this was used for like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people for tuberculosis or the criminally insane and now we're going to put you here <laughs> yeah that can't be a good feeling being those old people no but that's what it was made into in 1961 um after it was used- the, so it was so, wait, so it was a sanitarium an mm-hmm. asylum and then a, like a convalescent home or like an elderly home no it was never an asylum um i just oh. like used an example for what sanitariums were typically like reused for oh okay okay Uh, Most individuals who were still suffering from uh, tuberculosis in the late 1940s and 50s ended up eventually being rehomed at Hazelwood Sanitarium in Louisville because there was more than one. Um, And then the Waverly Hills Sanitarium closed in 1961 and then shortly after it was used as a home for the elderly. Um, But the elderly who were suffering from dementia and this is where it gets a little sad. (laughs) Oh, shit. It gets. Okay. Uh, yeah, more sad because this is like a more, I'm going to say like specific, specifically insidious sort of thing. Um, so it was—it became underfunded, overcrowded, yep. and it was used specifically for those who had dementia, um, so they didn't remember a lot. And this ended up being a breeding ground for elder abuse and neglect. Oh my God. Ooh. Yeah. Um, also... If you, um, if you hurt old people, you're a trash person. Yep. Yeah, you're garbage. You're, you're absolute garbage. I literally, I cannot believe that there's such thing as like a pro- There's a huge problem with elder abuse, and it is so sad. You're all going to be old if you're lucky. Come on. Exactly. And these people, the fact that they were mostly dementia patients, um, were injured and neglected and suffering, but also were really disoriented and didn't know what was happening to them. God, 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 that's so... Not only were they abused and neglected, but frequently um, many of the doctors would um, experiment on them. Oh, my God. They um, suffered rounds of electroshock therapy, um, water, like basically waterboarding, um, other types of... "Quote unquote treatments that were being developed in the era, Um, but they were the guinea pigs. So this happened up until you know the late 1970s, and then it was closed down. And now it's um, a place you can go. Um, But in terms of deaths, um, there are eight thousand confirmed deaths. Eight thousand, yes, from um, 1911." Or excuse me, 1910 to uh, 1940. So a huge amount of deaths, and this doesn't touch on the people that died who were in the elders, like the old, 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 like elderly house Mm -hmm. housing, um, because it's difficult to track why they died. Um, There are a lot of stories of um, people seeing apparitions of elderly people struggling with chains and, you know, bloodied and all that kind of thing. Wow. Wait. So, who? What kind of people are reporting? It's like people coming in for, like the. So I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on that. Do y'all have it in you to listen to some stories? Yeah. Yeah. Some creepy stories. Yeah, I'm gonna honestly cut, like, cause we probably restarted and prattled on. I'm, I'm gonna cut like at least 25 minutes out of this. Oh, great. Okay. So, um, so, uh. So I'm going to talk about some stories because um, whether or not they're true, they are evidenced of the, um... whether or not they come from someone's imagination, <laughs> which, and um, or they came from someone seeing something and extending it in their mind or something someone actually saw. Um, there are a lot of sort of like suspicious and unexplainable experiences that many people have. You know that as a scientist i don't believe in coincidence that's true what do you think as a scientist about people people's ghost stories do you think that they're like fodder based on people like saying something and someone else being like um subjective like what's the word like affected by someone else's claims i think most of those stories include a lot of internal bias with no controls for experiments that's true i feel like when you get a large enough sample size it's it's worth looking at the data like, okay. if there's a large, like, say, 5000 people were like, I had an ex had this experience, and it's they don't know other people. And it's similar to the other people that reported the experience. That's a point where you're like, that's, a, that's a data point. That's not like mm-hmm. a bunch of people making stuff up. Now, on the other hand, if you have a small sample size, these are like largely different stories, there's su- everybody's mm-hmm. subject to their own bias. So, I don't know. I feel like in that case, I would be like, eh, you know, it's probably just like a bunch of fanciful bullshit. But that doesn't mean it's, it's not right. real, right? Like, if they're, it, like I said, if there's a lot of people saying the same thing and they're not talking to each other. Yeah, it'd be interesting if you were able to take like a sample of people who didn't know about it and were just placed in it. But then again, they would have to not also be primed with experiential like movies and culture and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, you could, like, the perfect experiment would be, like, get 5,000 people, have them at multiple times of day, go through, like, the whole mix of people, like, non-believers, believers, people that, mm-hmm. but all of them can't know the background. And then right, they go in, they spend the same period of time, like, if you have 5,000, like, let's say you split 1,500 or 1,750 do it during the first three hours a day and then you you know you whatever you balance it out then i feel like if they all report the same shit that's important or if they you can get like an actual report of how many people actually have experiences because many people might not true i don't know. i don't think that's me would. like kind of just like fucking craddling on right now but to answer your question in a simple and short way i believe that when you get a big enough pile of data that's got to mean something that equals a trend but if the data's not there I don't know it equals a trend in some kind of regard what's that it equals a trend in some kind of regard whether or not that's of imagination or not I like what you said um you know reports of what comes from people's imagination rather than saying people seeing stuff that's not there because I think that that's an important factor like when we're talking about something like spiritual or spectral is a better way to say it like Mm -hmm. people's imaginations come from the stimuli around them like you know they might hope not hallucinate but they might imagine that they saw something but that's not because they wouldn't have imagined that in a different setting right right and people your brain does try to synthesize the darkness it does it fills gaps in all the time so for okay so I'm gonna go over a couple of stories um from this era that have to do with the sanatorium on Waverly Hills So one thing is um, a group of tourists experienced a interesting phenomenon where um, they started to find that they would turn around and there would be a shadow behind them. And again, this can be something like either a floater, this is like a one person situation or a car is passing by and headlights fill the room or whatever, but the group um, each individually and as a group saw shadows that were following them through the space. And then they started to become kind of, like, flustered. And so they, like, kind of ran into one larger space. And then down a corridor, a series of doors all slammed shut. Ah. And this was uh, interesting because, you know, it's like, they it's possible that they all, like, shook hands and were like, we're going to say this thing happened. (laughs) But, like, a larger group of tourists that don't know each other, all having a similar experience where they're all saying, these doors fucking closed. It is interesting to say the least. Yeah, that is noteworthy. That's like the kind of thing I'm talking about. Because all these people have different backgrounds that they're at the same time. They had the same experience. That's corroboration right there. Mm-hmm. Like that's compelling for sure. Um, now so one these thing- 10 other tourist groups that experience the same thing. Right, exactly. Let's see a sample of that in the similar time. Right, right. The time, the time might be it too yeah we don't know like is it dusk is it people driving is it like a glare is there some type of glass like like, what's what's the decompression is it really windy it's hard to say and there are a lot of factors to address but the fact that there was a large group of people that saw all of this is an interesting point of data yeah um so one of the like sort of most bummer parts um one story is that there is a uh, multiple reports of people seeing a elderly woman who um, is like sort of like mindlessly walking the halls and there are some kind of like restraints on her hands and feet and she's bloodied and um, people approach her and then she's supposed to run away. And this is something that's supposedly seen by many, but it's really hard to like corroborate that because again, independent. Let's just go on the journey right now and say like, like I have a skeptical nature just like you. But I want to go on this little journey together and kind of hear the stories without saying all the things that would dismiss them first. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad you said that now because we're about to talk about a ghost boy named Timmy. Yeah. Let's go. Timmy, what's up? This is the realist. So Timmy is like said to be a little boy who was there during tuberculosis times who came there with his family and then also infected. I got a problem Um, with people naming him Timmy. Me too. It's, like, makes it so much less credible somehow. Yeah, like, (laughs) name him, like, something from the age, like, Angus or some bullshit. Yeah, like, let's go, what about Hank? Like, whatever. Um, So, apparently, um, he died at the age of six or seven and, supposedly, he wanders a hospital. People have said multiple different groups and individuals as well, tourists and ghost hunters alike, have said that he um, will move a leather ball um, and if they throw it, he'll throw it back. Okay. Um, interesting. I don't know. But the fact that his name is Timmy is really kind of a bummer. Bums me out. Um, so how many people have got this ball thrown back at them? Um, I would say hundreds. What? Yeah. Wait, do they have to throw it down, like, this specific corridor and all of a sudden it comes he back? He is on a specific corridor, um, in the hospital, probably the pavilion where the children were. Okay. Um skeptics say the balls are moving thanks to like the wind or uneven flooring but um frequently people will toss the ball and it will be heard stopping and then return so my question was going to be is it like bouncing off a wall in the back right yeah i don't know wow Um, wow that's kind of
1: compelling
0: right and uh there are a lot of different sources you can like if you feel like a good laugh grab a glass of wine and watch a couple ghost hunters episodes or if you want to if you want to hit a bagel bites episode and his real name is zach baggins right but But that's like that doesn't matter no it doesn't his name is bagel bites picture the douchiest man you can picture who drives a nissan with hubcaps oh yeah and like his like thick leather wrist cuffs and he's always like i have breathing problems i gotta wear a face mask and you're like come on zach baggins Bagel Bites, say his name right. Bagel Bites, all right, Bagel there. Bites. So if you want to watch Ghost Adventures, they do a episode on this place. I honestly like watching Ghost Hunters though. For all of I you. like watching it with you two. Yeah, it's fun. Like for as like supremely douchebaggy as Zach Bagel Bites is, it is cool mm-hmm. to learn about that stuff, no matter who's teaching you about it. Yeah, yeah. And they have all kinds of devices and whatever yeah, that they and- think work. And you know what? I you know, we're shitting on ghost hunters hard right now. Someone's got to walk so we can run. Ghost exactly. Ghost Adventures. Which one's Ghost Adventures? Ghost
1: Adventures is Zach Bagelbites. Oh, Ghost. Oh, I ghost thought that. Was the other way.
0: Okay, Ghost Hunters is that guy Grant who I yeah. love, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ghost Hunters are the guys who are the plumbers. Mm-hmm. Yo, yes, I love them. Great. I love them. I think they're so interesting because they're actually like, no, it wasn't a ghost. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. And Zach, if Bagel's you want, nice. ghost if you, yeah, he's always he's like, it's haunted. He goes, Do you we feel need that? To walk Dude, something touched me. <laughs> or he's like, I was overcome yeah, yo, by yes. a suffocating I was presence. Overcome. Um, if you all if you both would like to watch, the most compelling thing I've ever seen is a ghost hunters episode on the Eastern State Penitentiary. Oh yep, I know exactly the episode you're talking about where that thing runs away. Yeah, I've I've never seen anything before or after it that was more So here's something that's really creepy. It's a grim presence that's called and referred to as the Creeper. Oh, ew. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I hate that. I put all the goosebumps on my arms just (laughs) immediately, like, approach their zenith. I was like, I know. (laughs) Ew. ew. Ah. Um, So (laughs) this is apparently most people, like, so people who have seen what they might think of as the Creeper. um, Oh, God, I hate that i know it doesn't so sound terrible and i hate that that's like a demon bullshit kind of thing oh yes so the creeper is supposed to be a um come with a f- overall like oppressive feeling that you can't explain um and it's supposed to be a dark and terrifying entity that crawls along the floors and walls of waverly hills nope nope <laughs> <laughs> it's believed to be in like otherworldly sort of like demonic non-human spirit thing that was twisted by the trauma of death oh, so yep. <laughs> so people see it out of the corner of their eye crawl uh, up and through walls can you and imagine it's... if you were can. one of those i would people? be like well we're, i'd be like i believe in everything let's get out of here i'd be like are we gonna die <laughs> <laughs> i really feel like we need to go here I mean oh, yeah, alright. I mean how far is it? It's in Louisville? Yeah, it's in Louisville. I've always wanted to go to Kentucky. There's gotta be some kind of vegan place with barbecue. I've been to Kentucky. It's you have? Yeah, I didn't tell you that. No, oh my god, why didn't we go together? Oh, was it lacrosse? No, it wasn't lacrosse. Um <gasps> We were flirting. it wasn't lacrosse and you didn't take me no it was when i went on that trip with goose and ashley and i was talking to taylor oh. that's when we started talking we were yeah. flirting always. oh you went with a gosling i did the, the young the young goose that young goose okay we do love a goose we do we do um well i think that the three of us at the very least should go and i would also probably pay money like i would pay for taylor's ticket to watch her experience it
1: yeah you know what? I don't believe in this stuff, but I definitely get creeped out. Like I can't do haunted houses or
0: anything. So it'd be interesting because I would be afraid, but I'd be like, what am I afraid of? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So that's why it would be interesting too, because like we all have different sort of relationships with this idea. Right. And I would really like to get our own perspectives. Like we go to this thing, we do this, like whatever, like hunt. We don't have to hunt for ghosts. I don't want to like hold something, but like we walk around and then we debrief over tacos and margaritas. Yes. I love that. We get like an Airbnb. That sounds perfect. Yeah, let's do it. Um, What was I going to say? I don't, if we have to hold ghost shit, I don't want to hold that thing that's like <laughs> <laughs> What is that thing? Yeah. Hey, why do they use that? How can they use It's her? called a spirit box. I don't understand why it could possibly be effective. It's like this thing that's supposed to like, so like there are, you know, more than one radio station and supposedly if you like like what's it like um you sh- so basically you set this box to like switch between radio stations every like 10th of a second and if it like matches up it's like a ghost's voice but it's like i am Greg. i eat spaghetti <laughs> <laughs> they're like did you hear that yeah like, like, oh, God, i
1: said greg <laughs> i thought he was italian <laughs> i feel like the only time i actually like had an inkling of believing ghosts was that ghost hunters episode a couple of the episodes were, like, pretty compelling. You know, the one where they, like, turn the flashlights on
0: and off? Yeah, like oh, how you know. the hell do they do that? Yeah. Like, to me, I'm like, if it were Zach Bagel Bites that did that, I'd be like, there's no chance this is real. But the fact that Grant did it, I'm like, I trust you for some reason.
1: The fact that they don't always believe in it. Right,
0: right. And I don't know if that's, like, a giant hoax yeah, or if it's right. real. But, it again, it's worth mentioning that it is. there are some seriously difficult to explain you know things on that show and we're gonna watch we're gonna watch the east um what, what is it, what's penitentiary is it jeff eastern state penitentiary yeah let's watch that tonight before bed because i feel oh my like god i want to watch that tonight too can we netflix party it hell yeah i got pizza okay all right so let's finish this up then <laughs> let's finish this up so we can hang out more um so that so the the creeper is said to have been seen dozens and dozens of times it's also supposed to assign a sense of doom that you can't explain oh wow so one other thing that i thought would be um mentioned or two other things because we're twins um people have seen doppelgangers otherwise known as double walkers and it's thought to be a spirit that can mimic appearance voice or mannerisms of anyone it encounters i don't like that so you could I know. So say we go and you hear some kind of like parrot version of me, beware. I'm going to need you to stay in physical contact with me during that. Because <laughs> let's I, all just hold hands. I need to make sure that like when I turn my head, it's not like a fake, like I'm hearing your voice, but it's actually like a monster next to me. <laughs> you want to hear the scariest part about these? Uh, I thought I already did, but sure. <laughs> so in some cases, this so doppelgangers are almost identical except for one thing. There are black holes where the eyes should be. No! <laughs> I cannot imagine if I thought I heard your voice next to me. I turned my head and it was you with no eyes. <laughs> you yeah, you it's just imagine? me. It's just me with no eyeballs. Oh my God. I would like throw up from fear. <laughs> I <don't know> how... <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm scared now. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm creeped out. Taylor, you am creeps. Yeah. I'm like, do I believe in ghosts? <laughs> right? Tell her okay. This is the I'm fucking like, reason I, I covered ghosts? Waverly Hills because it's one of the most haunted, quote unquote, haunted places in the United States. And I was like, if I can get Taylor even a little creeped out, I will have fucking won. Jackie, thank you so much for teaching us about this. We thank are you. thoroughly yeah. creeped out. Yes, we are. Yes, the yard Yeah, you did a good job and we're gonna link a bunch of stuff in the bio. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to episode 12 of Twin You.